Psalm 23 is one of the most well-known and well-used chapters in the Bible. Many of us quoted verses, learned to quote verses from it when we were a child. Many scholars have taught deep Bible lessons from Psalm 23. Many preachers, including myself, have turned to it many times and preached from it. Of all the scriptures in the Bible, Psalm 23 is a chapter that's probably comforted more hearts, strengthened more weary backs, and encouraged more broken spirits than any other. I read a story one time of a little girl that was trying to quote verse 1. And she said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I need. She didn't have it quite right, but she had the theology right. Uh, The Lord's my shepherd. That's all I need if Jesus is my shepherd. This morning I direct your attention to verse 4. The first part of verse 4 where the Bible says, Yea, through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. This morning I preach a sermon I've entitled, He's with us in the valleys. Uh, I actually have in my notes seven different valleys, but for sake of time this morning, we're only going to visit three. And so uh, you have a preacher that can adjust on the fly, so to speak. Uh, We're only going to visit three this morning, and my point is very simple. When all of us walk through these different valleys, when we walk through these valleys, we are not alone. The Lord goes with us. The first valley we'll visit this morning is the Valley of Siddim. It's a valley of slime pits. The valley of Siddim is is, is situated on the spot where the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah once stood. You you, you recall the stories of those cities. Uh, God saw their sin, the sin of uh, homosexuality, the sin that was, is, and will always be an abomination in the sight of God. God came down to earth, visited with Abraham for a while. He says, I've seen uh, the sin of the city uh, from heaven. I've come down to see it myself. If it's true, I'm going to destroy those cities. Abraham had a nephew, Lot, that was living in the city of Sodom. And Abraham uh, begged God and said, is there any way that you could save the city? Uh, in fact, Lord, if you, find, if, you, if you find righteous people in that city, won't you spare the city? And again, I don't have time to tell you the whole discussion they had. But it got down to the point where God said, if I find ten righteous people in that city, I'll save it. Well, he couldn't find Ten righteous people. And God ended up keeping his promise. He destroyed the city. He sent fire and brimstone and wiped the cities off the face of the earth. And it created a valley, a valley of slime pits, the valley of Siddam. This valley this morning in my message represents the valley of sin. The valley of sin. And I will remind you this morning... That if you're still in the valley of sin, if you are still accountable to God for your sins, and I know some of you might be saying, hey, preacher, you don't even know me. How, how, how can you call me a sinner? How can you tell me that I'm a sinner? I'm not calling you a sinner. I'm not telling you that you're a sinner. God's book says that you're a sinner. God book, God's book calls you a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And so when God looks at us, again, we may be able to hide our sin from other people. We may be able to hide our sin from the people that we're closest to in our life, but we cannot hide our sin from God. 
And we're all sinners. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in the valley of sin, represented by this valley of Siddim, God is there. Because if you're here and you're still in your sin, if you still are under the condemnation, the penalty of sin, the penalty of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. Again, not physical death, but spiritual death. Being separated from a holy, righteous God. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, they died. They didn't die physically right away, but they died spiritually. They were kicked out of the garden, kicked out from God's presence. That's what the penalty of sin is. And if you've not received Jesus Christ as our Savior, you are still in that valley. But you're not alone. God is there. He's calling you from that sin. He's calling you to Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus went to Calvary's cross, God took every one of my sins and he took every one of your sins. He laid them on his son. As Jesus hung on that cross, he paid for every one of our sins. And because he paid for them, he's able to offer to every single person the gift of life, eternal life. So in that valley of sin... If you still walk there this morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, the Savior is there. He knocks on your heart door. He wants to save you. He wants to forgive every sin. He wants to come into your life. He wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. He wants to make you his child. He wants to give you a home in heaven. He wants to make you a new creature in Jesus Christ. He wants to send the Holy Spirit to live within you. He wants to say, your sins are forgiven. They're forgiven. They're not only forgiven, they are washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we come to Christ, he declares us righteous. He justifies us. He makes us in God's sight just as if we've never sinned. He walks through that valley of sin with us. And if you're here this morning and you've never received Christ, he's in that valley with you. He begs you. He pleads with you. He invites you to come to him. Would you this morning? You say, preacher, I didn't come expecting to make a decision, but God did. God knew you would be here. God has ordained this message. He's ordained this time. You are not here by accident. You are not here by coincidence. You are here by the providence of God. He wanted you to hear that the Savior walks with you in the valley of sin and invites you to come to him for the forgiveness of those sins. The second valley we're going to visit this morning is the Valley of Elah, E-L-A-H. In that valley, there was a loudmouth giant that challenged God and challenged God's people. In the valley of Elah, there was a little teenage shepherd boy. I think he was a teenager. He might have been younger than that. But a little teenage shepherd boy, no helmet, no armor, no shield, no sword. A little shepherd boy with a slingshot. 
This giant, Goliath of Gath, came and challenged God's people. They were at war with one another. And the champion of the Philistines, Goliath, came and said, There's no reason for our armies to fight. I'm the champion of the Philistines. You send me a champion, we'll fight. Whoever wins, the army will win. If I beat your champion, then you'll submit to us. If your champion beats me, we'll submit to you. King Saul, who, by the way, was the tallest of the Israelites, the Bible says when he was selected king, he towered over all the other men of the kingdom. He didn't go and fight. None of the soldiers went and fight. Three of David's older brothers, David's a little shepherd boy I was talking about, three of his older brothers were in Saul's army. They didn't go and fight. In fact, they wanted to send him home. They thought he had come to see just the excitement of the battle. and They wanted to send him home. And David said, no, there's a cause. There's, there's a reason that I'm here. I'm not just here by, by coincidence, by accident. I'm here because God sent me to fight this giant. The Valley of Elam represents the valley of battles that we face in our life. The valley of battles, the battles that we face, be it health battles, be it relationship battles, be it financial battles, the battles that come into every person's life, even the life of Christians. And God wants us to know that we don't fight those battles alone. He is there. He is. No, he knows what we're going through. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. As Brother Clyde and Frida and the girls sing, sometimes he sends us into those, those valleys of battles to draw us closer to him. To see that he is a dependable, sufficient, almighty, omnipotent God that can handle anything that comes into our life. And so he walks Beside us in those battles. Some here this morning are facing health battles. I I testified in Sunday school about how the Lord has answered prayer. But there's still folks in our church that are hurting from a health standpoint. Uh, I I, I, I talked to a father on Friday. Again, associated with our church. Doesn't come on a regular basis. But they, they found a knot on his neck. Uh, they, 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 They dug it out about a month ago. And it was cancer. And the doctor said, we think we got it all. We don't have to do chemo. We don't have to do uh, 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 radiation or anything like that. We think we got it all. He went back to the doctor last week. It's come back. It's bigger than it was. And, and, and he was asking me, I said, he said, well, why, why would God allow something like that to happen? Why, I, I'm a Christian. I, I, try to, I, try, I, I try to serve God the best I can. Why would God allow something like that to happen? And I know he didn't like my answer. He said, I told him, I said, because he's trying to get you to trust him more. He's trying to draw you closer to him. That's why we go through the battles. That's why we go to that valley of Elah and we face the battle. Some of you have health. Uh, you're fighting health battles. Or someone you love is fighting a ha- health battle this morning. And some of you have been fighting it for a long time. Some of you have faced that struggle a long time. I want to remind you this morning, you are not alone in that battle. When David stood and faced Goliath, he did not come in his own strength. He came in the name and the strength of the Lord. And the battle was won. Now listen, I'm not standing up here and saying that if you're in a health battle that God is going to heal you and cure you. I mean, we're going to pray for that. 
But your healing may come when you go to heaven and come into the presence of God. Maybe God knows the best thing for you is to bear that burden and fight that battle the rest of your life. God knows it's the best thing for you to keep you close to him. But he's with us. He's with us. He he, he never leaves us or forsakes us. He's with us in the battle, in the valley of the battles, the valley of Elah. And then the final battle I will mention this morning, the final, I'm sorry, not the final battle, but the final valley I will mention this morning is the valley of Gehenna. The valley of Gehenna was the garbage dump of Jerusalem. Still is today. People would take their garbage, throw it into this valley, Fires are burning there all the time. There's a terrible stench or odor there all the time. When Jesus spoke about hell, he oftentimes compared it to the valley of Gehenna, the valley of death, an eternal Gehenna, Jesus talked about. In the 23rd Psalm, David wrote a phrase that I have often used in funerals. Yea, though I walk through the valley of of the shadow of death. You see, every single person walks through that valley. For some, it truly is the valley of death. For some, when they die, if they die without Jesus Christ, they die to spend eternity (laughs) apart from God. Don't you believe for a minute these people that tell you there's a chance after you die for you to get right with God. Don't you believe for a minute these people that tell you that when you die, you don't go to hell. You go to a place that your relatives can pray or pay your way out of. There's nothing, absolutely nothing in the scriptures that supports that idea. When, when a person who doesn't know Christ dies, they go to hell. They go to that place where they are separated from God forever. And there is no getting out. Yeah, they'll get out to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but they'll go right back. But for the Christian, for the Christian, that's who David was talking about in the 23rd Psalm. He says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It looks like death. Our body dies, just like the person that doesn't know Christ. It looks like death. It looks like that our life has ended, but our life hasn't. You see, eternal life doesn't start when we get to heaven. Eternal life starts the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Our body, one day, if the Lord tarries, will die. One day, if the Lord tarries, you'll get to walk past the casket where I'll be laying there. and I may wink at you, you never know. <laughs> Just teasing. But listen, you'll walk past my casket. You'll look at my body. You'll say, hmm, preacher's dead, but you'll be wrong. Preacher won't be dead. Preacher will be more alive than he's ever been. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'll walk through that valley one day. People that don't know me very well will say, yeah, he's dead. 
but I won't be dead. I'll have just moved to a new location. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Listen, listen, listen. It may look like death, but when we walk through that valley, we will not walk through it alone. We will walk through it with our Savior. And we will go and be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. When old-time preachers would preach, they would preach about hell. They would preach about heaven. And they would preach about the one who can make a difference between heaven and hell. And that one who can make a difference is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not your good works. It's not your good name. It's not your good family that gets you into heaven. You're a sinner. All of us as sinners deserve to spend eternity apart from God. What gets us into heaven is our faith and trust in his son who died on Calvary to pay for our every sin. We're going to baptize a little girl this morning. How old is Chloe? Eight years old. Eight years old. Eight years old. Old enough to understand that she's a sinner. I've talked to her. Lisa and I talked to her together. She understands that she's a sinner. She understands that, that she needed Jesus Christ as her Savior. She prayed. She asked Jesus to save her from the penalty of her sin. Now, I sort of think if an eight-year-old little girl has enough sense to believe God and to believe the gospel, that there's no person sitting in this room that has any excuse. You see, I'm going to tell you something, and then I'll be done. If you go to hell, if you die rejecting Christ and you go to hell, you're going to have to step over the cross. You're going to have to step over the blood of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to be over, step over every tract that a person has ever, every person has ever given you. You're going to have to step over every gospel message. If you go to hell, it's because you have chosen to go to hell. God's not willing that anybody go to hell. Anybody should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to accept his son. He wants you to have a home in heaven. If Chloe has enough sense to pray and ask Jesus to be her savior, you ought to too. You have no excuse. The thing that's keeping you away from God is your stubbornness, your will. Your will. Let God break that will this morning. Get over your stubbornness. You come to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for every single person here that's never received Jesus as their Savior. I pray that they would see that they're a sinner. There's a penalty for that sin. That penalty is to be separated from you forever and ever. And I pray, Father, that this morning they would put aside whatever's keeping them from coming to you. They would put aside their will. They would put aside their stubbornness. And they would come to the only one, the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to come back to the Father. So, Holy Spirit, please speak to their hearts this morning. Speak to their minds. Help them to reason it out in themselves that they need Christ and to come to him. I pray for the many Christians that are here. Help us to rejoice that in the valley of battles that we don't walk alone. That we walk with one who's faced every temptation that we've faced, every trial that we've faced. 
And Father, we'll be with us through those battles. Just bless this time of invitation. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Help us to be obedient to what you want us to do this morning. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.